Hey guys, Jordy Cannell here. Thanks so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. Had uh, Greg the Prophet Piatelli on with me, and we jump right into the new uniforms that Major League Baseball teams are going to be wearing in the upcoming Players Weekend with nicknames on the back. We then go into hot and cold teams, individual player awards, stadium snacks, little Little League World Series talk, and then take a look at the week ahead. But as always, please go like, share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is our Twitter handle there. Thunderblog Sports is our Instagram handle. And as always, enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. To this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart, we're coming to you live here on a Google Hangouts YouTube live presented by Google. A lot of different Google stuff going on. I got my boy Greggy P with me. What's going on, Greg? How are you? Listen, I know you're used to saying Maddie D. Don't go out here and, and start calling me Greggy P and changing up things and giving me nicknames here. All right, I'll go by your formal name, the Prophet. Is that better? Take Greg. You'll take what? You'll just take Greg. Listen, the MLB just just put out this whole nickname uniform nonsense. All right. Oh, you don't like it? Are we? Listen, I like it uh, in some regards, and I think there are some good names out there. But yeah, you know, the uniforms I think are too wacky. Um, the uniforms themselves are weird, but the hats are pretty awesome. At least the Phillies one's cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the Red Sox have like a baby blue somewhere. It's just, Do they really? That's weird. Well, yeah. It's, it, I mean, their uniform's like navy, but their hat, the baby blue, it's something weird. But Are they on the road for that weekend, or are they at home? They're at home. Oh, they're at home. Okay, yeah, because the Phillies are doing their like – alternate jersey cream colored with like, like red sleeves because they're like they're at home they're hosting the cubs and the cubs are doing that like double shades of blue type type deal yeah the, uh but yeah the, the red 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 like red. It's that we sorry say like it, it is weird that it's that solid torso with the off color on the the sleeve oh you're you're looking at the red sox jersey now yeah, yeah, I'm, I've looked at all of them. Some of them are interesting. The Yankees is probably the weirdest one because it actually has the cursive Yankees. It's just so out of the ordinary for them. Well, that's something that I want to talk about because, like, everyone's flipping out about, you know, everyone's flipping out, oh, the Yankees should never have your name in the uniform, blah, blah, blah. Like, first of all, all those people need to relax. And second of all, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's not like it's their traditional jerseys. You know, it's it's an alternate jersey that is for like one weekend. It's something that oh, yeah. the, it's something the NBA did this year that had a lot of success, and they're you know it's a money making world, and they're trying to make money, and that's oh, yeah. what it is. and like you know the Red Sox never have the name of the back of their jerseys at home, but for this they are, and um, you know the Yankees never have two. For those yeah. that don't know, they're like you have the option to put down a nickname if you wanted to. So like Aaron Altair and the Phillies is doing AA Ron from that Keen Peel sketch. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, right? You know, uh, think- some of them are pretty funny. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say some of them are pretty good. Um I think uh Chase Utley's is Hollywood. 
Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> what isn't uh Kyle? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Who Schwarber? No, Kyle Seager is. He goes Corey Seager's brother. That's on the back of his jersey. Is that what it says? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. That uh, yeah, my dad and I actually had a conversation about him last night, being like, "Yeah, the the Mariners have you know Corey Seager's brother on the team." He's like, "Oh shit, no wonder they're doing so well now." Like, "Oh man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know, that's all him solid player." <laughs> As, um, that's yeah, that it's an interesting, interesting concept. It, it'll be well. I'm def. I mean, I'm already gonna buy one of the Phillies hats. You'll probably make that purchase this weekend when I go down to the stadium. But um, yeah, the uniforms are a little wacky, though. You know, it's it's funny that all these things are happening at the same time. Like, uh, you know, football is is back with the preseason, and yeah. you know, NBA released their schedule. You know, trying to take the shine, and then baseball decides, oh, you know what, we're gonna come out and do this this. Uh, Freaking jersey nonsense or whatever, and it's just like, I don't know, man. I do not. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of a lot of people trying to take some things from uh, from the old Red Sox. I mean, from the old from a lot of people trying to share the spotlight and and baseball and all this nonsense. Um, yeah, what do you think? So, wh- which jersey do you think is your favorite? Hmm. I kind of like, even though it's really, really off kilter for them, I kind of like the D-backs with that light blue as how the D-backs is written. I think that's a pretty cool concept. I mean, they've done a lot of interesting stuff with their uniforms in the last couple of years with that weird, like, shoulder pads kind of stuff. But it it's a good design, I think. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do you? What do you like? I mean, so for me, if I'm being honest, you know, I'm – I do, I do like D-backs. You're right with that. I mean, I'm, I kind of like the the black that the that the White Sox have. Yeah, the White Sox is cool, and it just has that old school Sox logo yeah. coming across the top. The Mets is pretty cool, being just solid orange, and the Mets just a giant lettering. Yeah, and and I mean, the you know every team has some good aspects about it, like. You know the Orioles have some good things going on, um, but sorry, things no, popping up here with ESPN. Um, you got to mute those tabs. I like the Braves. They have the little, their little, um, they have the little arrow thing going on, and that's yeah, like a yeah, different yeah. color than the rest of their jerseys. You know, there are some good ones. I, if people haven't googled them, you know, go ahead and do that. Um, but you know, I, I've been a big fan of of. Like the baby blue, so the Marlins with the orange looks pretty cool. I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they're good ones, the Tigers. But you know, the fact that you're already gonna buy one just scares me a little bit because. Uh, well, I'm buying the hat. I'm not buying the jersey. I was gonna say. Yeah, the jer- the jersey's a little too off kilter, and you know, I only the only time I ever wear a baseball jersey is going to a game, and it's the same jersey if I, if I even wear it down there. It's too much to throw in. I think hockey's the only one where having multiple jerseys for options just because the swag uh, is, is the only one. Football, you get one, one player. You get one baseball. Basketball, I don't even touch. You just get a shirtsy. So what do you um, think What do you think of this, right? That's something I wanted to talk about with this. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. 
So, Rick Porcello, right? Yeah. You know he won the Cy Young. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah? Did you know that? I, I did know that. <laughs> and uh, who's, 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 who, well, the American League Cy Young Award winner this year is going to be Chris Sale. What do you think he thinks of these jerseys? Well, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Quick little transition there. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if he's scheduled to pitch not or yet or not. Um, but do you think if these are the jerseys they have to wear, they seem like normal jerseys, just the sleeves are changed. Like they seem like the normal jerseys. Yeah, it looks like a. It looks like the pullover jerseys that like the teams like the Mets used to wear in the '80s. It doesn't look any any different. I think the thing he hated was the collar of that White Sox jersey last year. Right. I'm not sure if he's scheduled to pitch or not, but, um, but anyways, those two Cy Young Award winners and were one one current one future. Um, Chris Young on the Red Sox. His nickname is CY. Interesting. Which are his initials. Interesting. But also, a little little Cy little Cy Young nod. Yeah, a little uh, little tip of the cap, if you will. A little tip of the cap. Anyways, we spend way too much time talking about jerseys. Terrible segment to start the show. Maybe you should cut it out. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean interesting little uh, experiment. You know, it's August. You know, embrace debate. Figure out something new. Uh, but we will jump into our usual business. Hot and cold teams. I think it's – we have a pretty obvious first hot team. And, Greg, do you want to take it away with uh, your, your Boston Red Sox or do you want me to talk about them? Your show. You tell me. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we'll get your your thoughts on the team, but the Red Sox have won eight in a row, um, and they are uh, they're in a good spot right now, Greg. For your uh, your American League East, I think they're uh, they're crucial series coming up with the Yankees, but we'll come up to that in a little bit um, at the stadium, the Yankee Stadium, I should say. I'm a little too used to talking to my dad there, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The Red Sox. You know, their run differential is still a little less than the Yankees. They've let up less runs. Uh, their offense hasn't been, or their offense has been pretty good. And overall, over the course of the season, they've let, they've scored about forty runs less. But I think you're, uh, you guys are sitting in a pretty good spot, Greg. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because you know they're getting, they're getting offense from not their, not the usual suspects, not the guys. Yeah. I think you know, it's not Hanley Ramirez, not Xander Bogarts. Pedroia has been out on the DL, um, you know, just got back two games ago. So it's, it's, it's been guys who, you know, aren't normally your show up guys. I mean, Nunez is obviously a huge pickup. Uh, he's been great since he came over and, uh, you know, it's, it's just been guys who, you know, we had to walk off from, um, you know, Vasquez, the catcher, one of our catchers. So it's like, you know, you, you get it from random places with this team and, uh, even Ben Attendee got sat for a couple games, but now he's back and he's crushing the ball again. And um, you know, it's just one of those things where they're getting they're getting runs finally from all these other sources. Um, obviously, the Red Sox are the hot team of the week. However, we would be doing a disservice to ourselves and the rest of these huge MLB fans listening to this pod if we didn't mention the St. Louis Cardinals, who are on a six-game win streak and only now one game back, tied in the wins column with the Chicago Cubs. 
Yeah, the uh, the Cardinals are, are sitting well. We kind of talked about this a little bit with Stevie G as we were coming back from the All-Star break of teams we thought could make a run. And 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 the National League, that was, I think, the a unanimous pick of team that could that could run run to it. But the Cardinals, I mean, their their pitching staff is still pretty great. And I, I'd say it's, you know, it's one of the better ones in the National League. It's not the Dodgers. Nobody's nobody's is the Dodgers, maybe the Red Sox. Um but in the National League, the you know the Cardinals, they're they're getting a lot of great performance, similar to that 2013 team that had that great pitching. They they had that run factory that they always seem to have. They have young talent once again. Um, you know, Paul DeJong has been great since he got called up and continued to uh, tear through that through the All Star break, which not all rookies can say that. Greg, and we'll uh, we'll get to that. Oh, don't but, yeah, six. Started on that, Jordy. <laughs> but no, and listen, you know, obviously we have to talk about the Dodgers, but, you know, we could talk about them week in and week out. What they've uh, exactly the All Star break has just been astronomical. Um, and just, you know, to have 80 wins already is unbelievable um, at this point in the season. And, and, you know, it is what it is. But quite frankly, um, yeah, hot team of the week has to be the Red Sox for this week. Uh, Eight-game win streak currently, 9-1, and one, heading into a nice three-game set uh, in New York. But um, I just figured we'd give mention to the Cardinals and Dodgers since throw – them, throw them a little pity, pity, a pity vote since they they both have been doing so well recently. Oh, absolutely. One I, I wanted to have as an outside-the-box, a little hybrid hot and cold team – uh, is in the AL Central. The Minnesota Twins have, you know, they've really fallen off, and this little little bounce back. It might just be a little dead cat bounce, uh, <laughs> but they've won four in a row. And the Indians aren't putting away the division like they should be. They're still pretty pretty great. They're at sixty wins. They're almost a hundred games or hundred runs up in the run differential. But they're only four games up, and the Twins' four-game winning streak is certainly helping them there, six and four in their last ten. Uh, but that pitching staff is really starting to uh, return to the mean. But definitely worth noting to them that the, the AL Central is still a race to watch, especially as you know the AL, the AL West is, is starting to really, really widen. The NL East has always been kind of out there. Funny, and the, uh, it's funny you bring up the Twins because they – this four, you know, the four-game win streak. You know, the Red Sox have played some weaker teams, and people can say what they're going to say about it. But you know, the Twins just are. Well, they're right now. They're up seven-two in the bottom of the ninth. Um, with yeah, against with, Milwaukee. With they just four-game sweep of Milwaukee. Um, yeah. You know, a very well a team that to and before this, which I was going to talk about the cold team. Good transition by me again. Two for two on the transitions. But Bang. Milwaukee is, is a team that's competing for playoff spots. And, you know, out here on the cold teams, I mean, Milwaukee has to be right up there as, you know, one of the cold teams who really, you know, game and a half out from Chicago, like really has distanced themselves with this little getting swept by the Minnesota Twins and, uh, you know, losing five in a row here. Yeah, I mean, the Twins, they, they have that young talent that's been doing really well. Um, and you know, I think that, that AL central, it's, it's not going away. like the other divisions seemingly have, we could have easily said one, especially once the Indians really started getting it going, 
that it could be, you know, just the the two the AL East and the divisions to watch. But yeah, a four game sweep that's going to be five in a row that the the Brewers have dropped, and they're quickly quickly falling. But they're they're only they're only going to be two games behind the the Cubs division, and they're tied with both Chicago and St. Louis in the win column. So. You know, I mean, it, it's really anybody's game. The Pirates are right there. They're three games out right now. They won tonight in Detroit. I mean, it'll be interesting seeing how, how it all goes down. No, you're, you're not wrong. And, and, you know, with the other that, – that, that division is going to be great to watch, and especially because yeah. the other two National League races are all but over at this point. Um, I don't foresee the Dodgers or Nationals giving up their, their leads. Um you know, and and the thing, the funny thing about the central teams is that they're not even in playoff. They're not like if they don't win the division, they're not. The other teams aren't making the playoffs. They're out. For you know, obviously there's a lot to go on between you know August September, but right now you know you look at the teams out west, the Rockies and, and Diamondbacks. They're the teams that are in with you know 65 and 64 wins respectively, whereas yeah. you know the Cubs were first, only have 59. So. Yeah, a lot can happen, but you know, quite frankly, it's it's such a tight race where there's no settling for second. You know what I mean? Like, if you settle for second, you're not in the playoffs. So that's going to be heating up. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, but my cold team of the week, I just wanted to mention the Brewers. But my actual cold team of the week is the Cleveland Indians. Ah, lost, damn it, that was mine. Sorry, they lost again tonight. Um, they got swept yeah. by the Red Sox. Um, you know, they they. I guess it was shortened because they had the postponed game. But, um, you know, they're they're a team that, as we talked about, you know, the Twins are nipping at their heels. The Royals had a chance to do something well, but they sort of tapered off a little bit. But the point that was going to be my backup one was the Royals. They've, uh, their, their pitching staff has really started to expand in terms of their numbers. And, uh, that offense, it's still, it's less of what it was, you know, especially from that World Series team, which was never anything stellar, but, the pitching's really, really fallen off. Yeah, no, and and you're right, and I didn't mean to keep taking anything from you, but those two teams that they AL Central and NL Central, the two of those, two of those things are just, uh, you know, they're going all over the place. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's worth at least noting for cold teams as well that the uh, the Astros are in a bit of a bit of a tiff at the moment, losers of seven of their last ten. Uh, but I mean, we both are both in agreement that that uh, at least the divisional race is all but over. But little um, little pat on the back to me and Stevie G, Greg, because the Mariners, if the playoffs started today, his favorite little argument, they'd be in. They'd be uh, traveling up to traveling out to New York because they have one less loss than the Rays. So a uh, little pat on the back. Listen, I'll pat you on the back all day long, bud, and you can take that however you want to take it. Um, <laughs> I, listen, I was generally surprised. I mean, yeah, they have some talent, but I was a little, you know, you know, this happens every year at Seattle, but, you know, quite frankly, I think they have some talent to do it. And as we discussed in the segment, I don't know if you're going to keep it in or not, the Jersey segment, but they have uh, Corey Seager's brother. Yeah, Corey Seager's brother. And the craziest thing I think is that they, you know, have all these guys. They have a you know relatively young team, 
And, you know, the, the guys that you traditionally look at with Seattle, at least for the l- longer period of time, Robinson Cano has been great. But King Felix, on and off the DL, not as dominant as he has been. Yeah, he's, he's out and, for, you know, for a couple weeks right now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was out, he was out for almost a couple months prior to that. So, I mean, okay. if he comes back and he comes back as King Felix, watch out. I mean, they're not going to make a run at Houston for the division, but wild card, you know, who knows? You just got to get in. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I agree, and, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, August is, is one of those months where – it goes by quick because people go on vacations. There's preseason football. There's hard knocks. Um, you know, it's the end of Game of Thrones. It's, you know, everything's starting to heat up. And, and before we know, it's going to be September playoff baseball a little bit. So that's going to be a very yeah, interesting. little pennant chase. What? But I said a little pennant chase. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, no, August is uh, – it's that weird part of the part of the the schedule where you don't really think too much of it because of the fact that oh we have September call ups there's waivers to be done um, you know and you know you you don't really think too much but it's almost it's the equivalent of Saturday in a golf tournament you need to be putting yourself in position you don't need to be in the final group you don't need to be or in first place or ten games up but you need to be. You need to put yourself in striking distance in that post deadline waiver trade deadline time. You know, it's important and it's, you're right. It's, it's that you kind of forget about it for a second. Cause you're going to the beach you're going to this, that, and the other thing you might be going out to a preseason game or, you know, whatever you're doing, but you know, it's certainly getting yourself in the position for that end game and, is sorry. all too important. Yeah, you're right. And the best baseball that goes on in August, if we're being honest, the best baseball yeah. that goes on in August, I think you know what I'm going to say here, don't you? I think so. The good old Little League World Series, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I saved a little time for that in a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll come back around to, uh, to that because you and I were talking about it a little bit, but we, uh, we definitely need to share our thoughts with the, with the crowd. But we'll move on to, to individual awards. And then we'll come back to Little League World Series. We'll start with our Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. And Greg, I'll let you go first. Who do you got for uh, our our most valuable player? Listen, I've been going first and everything. Why don't you turn around and you take this one? All right. You know, I mean, I can do that. But my guy is going to be Tim Beckham, who was a, uh, a little little trade traded uh, traded player. He this past week has batted 483 on base percentage of over 500, slugging percentage of over 800. That's an OPS of over 1300. Very, very efficient batting. In other words, three homers, only four ribbies. Got to share the wealth, Tim. But still, your two walks and a double certainly is helpful. Especially, uh, not really making a huge impact on the race itself, but it's uh, it, it's definitely making its impact. I love it. Um, here's where you're wrong. Okay. Listen, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's a great pick. You know, I think. Yeah, he has five home runs on the season. Three in a week. Yeah. Or no, he has five t- triples. Excuse me. Uh, Fifteen, but three in a week. That's, you know, that's 20%. It's, uh, a, it's, a, it's a lot there. It is. It's, it's great. It's unbelievable. You're right. <laughs> not wrong. 
But here's where you're wrong. Tell me who. Tell me. Tell me who you got. So, go ahead. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, I could. I could go home runs here. We could go five home runs, Brian Dozier. We could go with uh, Lorenzo Cain batting four eighty three. You know, we could. We could do Tim Beckham. We could do Melky Cabrera. You know, nine RBIs. Um, Manny Machado, twelve RBIs. I'm going with my boy Eduardo Nunez, new team, same face, new place, oh. same place, same, <laughs> same face, new place. Um, you know, stepped in at a time for for the Red Sox when Pedroia went out at second. Um, you know, helping out his th- third at well. You know, they're finding he's he's played himself into a, a to a regular spot. Um, you know, initially viewed as a depth guy, but he's you know he's Ripped off five ribbies, two homers, two stolen bases, 367 in the last seven days. Um, you know, it, pretty good stats, if you ask me. Yeah, definitely worth noting. Uh, definitely uh, a big catalyst guy. You know, uh, he's getting it done, you know. Uh, and he's he's been a great, great addition. That's definitely uh, one of the sneakier trades to uh you know when you go look look back on this season regardless of how the red sox end up i think that's going to be one of those it's not just a uh you know a plug you know plug a stopper or whatever however you want to rephr- you know phrase that i think it's a great addition um also worth noting everybody's favorite trust trust or process truster mike trout batted 458 little uh, on base percentage with his seven walks which i didn't notice until you were talking about Eduardo and his um, three homers, two doubles slugging percentage over 900. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to sleep on the trout. No, I like that. I like that. And obviously Mike Trout is one of those guys we talked about at the beginning of the year, you know, he puts up unbelievable numbers, but we just think it's average. So it's, it's average for him, but for anyone else, it'd be like, Oh, this is the player of the, of the, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's a tough situation for him to be in, um, which is unfair of us to do. But at the same time, you have to you have to you have to give credit where credit is due. And he certainly, since he came back from the DL, has certainly played his way uh, into that conversation. And even to the point where I saw on ESPN um, that you know they were saying something like, "Can Trout really win the MVP?" Uh, even though playing half the season, but. I think it's a that seems like a very ESPN type article. Just make yeah, some news. Yeah, a little embrace debate, middle of August. That seems like a different conversation for a different time. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, let's move on to pitchers. Let's do Billy Chapel, pitcher of the week. Greg, Wait, I'll start. Are we not doing cold batter or person of the week? We could, we could. We've never done oh, cold sorry, players. No. Oh, we never um, done. Right. No, no, no. What, 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 nope. Let's uh, let's have this conversation. What movie character would you call the cold player of the week? Ooh, yeah. So it's an interesting question. What's the third baseman from uh, uh, from from Major oh, League? Roger Dorn. Dorn, yeah. The Dorn don't want to give up the body. The Dorn <laughs> need, need the face for after baseball. The Dorn. <laughs> uh, I don't have the stat in front of me, but that's a that'll be a, at least a that'll be just to throw it out. We'll give some Dorns, almost like Darwin Awards, or not top ten. Well, I have I have one right off the top. Albert Pujols has one hit in his last twenty five at bats in the last seven Good days. Lord. 
Good lord. And it's funny because Trout's batting well, and I think I think Matt did the the AL West with me, and we did Poolhouse or Trout. And Poolhouse has done so well batting behind Mike Trout in the last four years or however long it's been. Um, but he's I think he's starting to to let it get to him. He had a good run up until the 600th home run and a little bit beyond that. And it's been, it's been rough really, I think since July 1st. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Anyways, uh, sorry. Let's continue. You were yeah. So, so Billy Chapel, pitcher of the week. I'm going to go back to starters. I know you like when I get a bullpen guy reference there, uh, but I'm going to go Greg with the guy who was cut and he came back. He's helped out a team. We mentioned in the hot teams going with big, sexy, Bartolo Colon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In the last week, he has a whip of one. A lot of control. Only let up two walks, but 14 hits. Not really what you want to see there. Two wins, though. Only four runs. It's an ERA of 2.25. 16 innings, which... Um, there's another guy that, that's definitely worth mentioning in his last seven days, and I think that's probably who you'll have. And if not, we'll we'll have to mention him. But, Greg, who do you got? Well, who do you think I was going to say? I mean, there's one guy that pitched two complete games this week. So <laughs> is it that guy, or who, who do you got? I mean, do you, do you want me to, to mention the guy who pitched two complete, complete, complete innings this week? Do you want me to want? Do you want me to want you to to? I don't. I'm losing it. This is a bad joke. Who do you got? Corey Kluber has been doing well. You're right. Um, two earned runs and two starts and uh, 22 strikeouts um, and only one walk. I mean, that's that's a pretty good pretty good week if you ask me. Um, pretty, uh, pretty good. Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon was a great pick, Jordy. Oh yeah. Uh, nice job. Uh, I saw him pitched when he was still on the Braves, and he he's just as big and just as sexy as ever. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. You know, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. As I hate Justin Verlander, Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer, two guys from Cleveland, both had great weeks. Um, but I, you know, the Cleveland loss from last year still stings me a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Just a uh, bit. I'm going to go Madison Bumgarner. Great pick. You know, he came back. How long has he been back? Uh, Like a month. As, yeah, so since the All-Star break, right? Yeah, it's like the All-Star break, I think. And I, I don't think he really found a stroke. And this week, sort of, he got it a little bit going. 14 strikeouts. Um, You know, two 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 outings, seven innings. Well, average seven innings for both. Yeah. Um, You know, pretty – for him, it's a good start, good way to get back into it. Um, you know, I think he he did well enough to get himself on this list for me. Yeah, no, it's a great pick. Um, the I had a joke for Trevor Bauer. Do you think the uh, the AAA team having the Trevor Bauer drone bobbleheads pissed him off enough to to earn his way in 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 the uh, well, top pitchers of the last week? Yes, certainly should have. A sa- savage move by them. Uh, other guys worth noting: Zach Greinke had a had an okay week for Zach Greinke, kind of like what you were saying for uh, for for Trout. He only he only um, pitched you know 
two starts, so in, in almost 13 innings. Not very good on the old ERA. that uh, He let up nine runs, but he still struck out 16, which is pretty nice uh, strikeouts to nine ratio there. Walked four, so a little bit high of a whip. Um, Chad Cool, who is a uh, Pirates pitcher. It's worth noting he went to the University of Delaware, so I've uh, seen him pitch a few times. Uh, his wife, Greg, uh, actually might now be fiance, but she couldn't be his fiance until like last October. And you know why that is, Greg? I have no idea. That's yeah, a really random fact, but the Miss America pageant is in, I think, the end of September. And his wife is the former Miss Delaware because they're engaged. So you're saying that they couldn't be engaged because she was Miss Delaware? Yeah, she's Miss Delaware. She can't be engaged. She can't be married. You know. But if you're engaged, you're still, you're still Miss. I don't know. Let's not let's not j- dive down the gender studies side of this. I, I just wanted to point out that, it, that he has a wife that's. I, I think you know, I think I don't know. A pageant I, queen. I think this might be a Jordy fact on this one. Uh, no, it's true. She she was she. They both went to Delaware. She was in Delta Gamma. I know this from from Emily, third and girl. Uh, who also is in that sorority. You know, this is, this is a big deal. We saw his first start in the majors. It was in Philadelphia, so there was a big Blue Hens crowd. It was, it was a big all deal. Right. All right, all right, all right. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted it worth noting there. Somehow Jared Eikhoff is up here. Um, I ordered it by innings pitched, but he ugh, you know, has a win. But, um, but yeah, let's move on. We'll do rookies. Greg, since I started with pitchers, I'm going to let you start with the rookies. Who do you got? All rookies or pitchers or batting or anything? They're rookies. They just have to be in their first year in the league. No, I'm saying you want – it could be a pitcher or batter. It's any – Yeah, they're, they're, they're in their first year in the league. They're right. they're eligible. It does not matter what position they play. Right. I don't discriminate. All right. All I was asking. Okay. All right. Don't need to get the attitude over here, bud. All right? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're, you're big into this right now. What's – <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to go with Andrew Benatendi. Oh, knew it. Got him. <laughs> a little bit of a homer pick. A little batting <laughs> 500 last seven games. Um, hit a home run, which is the first one in a while uh, for him. Um, five stolen bases. I mean, come on. This team just loves stealing bases right now. Um, no, that's my homer pick. Um, reality, I, mean, it's worth, I mean, that's that's a good pick, and it's the best in the bigs in the last week in terms of stolen bases. Yeah, no, you're right, and and he certainly has looked he's looked unbelievable recently, and or you know over this stretch and helped the team out a little bit. Um, but you know, my non my non biased pick, uh, Yuli Gurel, Gurel, Gurel. Uh, it's not Corelli. Th- that's uh, that's somebody else. But um, yeah, Houston Astros. He's yeah, yeah he's yeah. good. That's a great pick. Um, yeah, I know. That's why I picked it. Um. <laughs> right. Pat yourself on the back there. Right. Cool. Listen, the Astros have been struggling recently, but this guy certainly is not. Um, you know, last seven days he's had uh, you know eleven hits, six RBIs, four forty, um, five runs. So. You know, he, he put himself together a good little, good little stretch here. Um, so f- for me, 
Uh, definitely Benintendi, but it's worth noting the Astros rookie first baseman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I could go full homer and pick Nick Williams and his you know nice hitting streak that he had for a little bit, but I'm not. I'm going to go with Paul DeJong. I mentioned him before. Been on a great tear since he got called up, and he stormed through the All-Star break. Been hitting pretty well, hitting 310 over the last week. Couple homers, few RBI, striking out a little more than you might want out of a out of an out of a you know sort of utility middle infielder type of guy. But you know it's not the worst thing in the world. No, I like that. Um, and I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Trevor Williams, the Pittsburgh pitcher who had a one hit. One start in seven innings out there, no no earned runs. Um, pretty good, pretty good debut if that was his debut. Um, or at least he, sorry, definitely not his debut, but he had a good start this week and uh, pitched well. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. Um, no, that's a great pick as well. Uh, but. Let's uh, we're gonna skip the minor leagues. We haven't done that in a little bit, but uh, for the sake of time, we'll we'll move right along. Uh, Greg, we got your your you know low down on the the Red Sox. Anything? Any other notes you wanted to give on the team? No, I mean, it's uh, they they went from a team that uh, you know team that was sputtering a little bit and and had played themselves out of first to a team that has now regained that first place title or mantle. Um, the issue that I'm – or the, the thing that scares me a little bit is that when the Red Sox had their seven-game or six-game win streak back in uh, last month, they turned around and had the huge uh, little, little loss, little cold team action – um, so I'm hoping that that's not the trend this time around. I'm hoping they're able to, obviously I'm not expecting them to win out, but hopefully they have some sustainability in terms of, you know, winning most, if not all the series, um, left that they have in the season, uh, at least coming out with a tie, if it's a four game or what have you. But, uh, for me, I think, um, you know, that's really what I think, uh, is scaring me the most right now is, is the inconsistency of this team. You know, I wish that they were a little more consistent, but um, time will tell. And the fact that Porcello has started to look good recently, the fact that they're getting their Cy Young ace, um, the fact that Price, you know, back in the DL, but he's, you know, he's looking good and Sale and, you know, between them all, it, the three of them, and then Evan Rodriguez, Evan Rodriguez is coming back for the Yankees. So hopefully, you know, they're, they're, Starting rotations to get together. Their bullpen's unbelievable, thanks to uh, the good old Mets. They picked up a nice little eighth inning guy. I was going to ask you, what do you, how do you feel about the Addison Reed trade? Well, for starters, his first his first batter that he faced with the Red Sox, he let up a home run, but uh, at Fenway Park over the Monsters. So welcome to it. The only thing that saved him in that game was the fact that they were up by three runs at the time, or two runs at the time, and then the next inning, uh, our boy. Craig Kimbrell went ahead and uh, let up a home run as well. So, uh, but I love it. They needed a bullpen. Their bullpen it just makes them that much um, stronger, I think. And and in my opinion, I think it strengthens strengthens them a lot. 
definitely awesome yeah it's, uh, i think you guys are sitting pretty at the moment um i definitely like you said the inconsistency is certainly to be something to not to not take lightly but i think uh you're trending r- upwards in the right way and i think the starting pitching definitely helps out with that and, and adding the bullpen arm is it's invaluable that's been the the big uh big conclusion there i think it's something. It's something that hurt them last year too. You know, they, they were a team last year that had a little inconsistencies as well. And you yeah. know, people made excuses, blah blah blah. But when they went into the playoffs, you know, it really showed. You know, they they couldn't hit in that Indian series. And then you know, it's just one of those things where they where they were super hot in the beginning of September and then cooled off by the end of September, and that carried over. So um, I'm hoping that you know the young talent figures out how to be consistent and continues to be consistent. And, you know, I'm not expecting a, uh, a world series, but, you know, for them to make the playoffs and get out of the first round, I think would be for me a reasonable expectation. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and I think kind of to compare to last year and what we talked about with Ben Attendee, the fact that they are stealing more bases and it's not this, because last year, at least the way that they were perceived were this, you know, power offense. And that's what they did. This traditional American league style. And they're, they're playing in that, that more speedy type of team, speeding type of offense. And it's, it's exciting to see. And I think if your starting pitching continues to trend it upward, like it is, that's something where you can definitely think first, you know, ALCS, run at least um and, and potentially a little further but it de- kind of depends on landscape coming in you know the hot team always if they get hot at the right time it's hard to hard to stop but who it's, knows i mean it's, the it's, cubs it's weren't the best in the playoffs last year and they still came out with it yeah it's crazy because they had the pitching you know and, and they have the pitching and that's the thing is that you know the cubs had the pitching and the pitching was hot at the right time and even the indians the indians the same thing like you know, they had the pitching there hot at the right time. And that's something that, you know, I think is key for playoffs. You know, is, is pitching. Yeah, you can talk about offense and this and that. But if your pitchers aren't there and you if you can't win a game one nothing or 2-1 to one in the playoffs, you know, I don't think you're winning the World Series. Well, let's, uh, let's use that phrase, if you can't win a, a close game. Let's not even think in the playoffs. Let's just think in, in general terms. It's the perfect segue to the Phillies, Greg. It's been um, – inconsistency is to describe how the team's been recently. They actually have been okay since the All-Star break. They're now only one game away from not being the worst. Hey! All right. Yeah! A little bit, little bit of celebration time there. But they had a five-game winning streak. They have owned the Atlanta Braves, for one. They've had – they just wrapped up an, their second straight series sweep. Had a uh, three-game sweep in Philly a couple weekends ago. Uh, went out west, and it was a bloodbath. Were swept by the Angels, then almost got swept by the Rockies and ended up winning a close three-to-two game. But then they swept the, the Braves in a nice little two-game set. Come back to Philly today and get demolished by the New York Mets. So it's been... Um, Definitely, it's the peaks and valleys. It's not even ups and downs. It's a lot, a lot to take in. <laughs> well, let's, not, let's not, let's not. They're going up against Degrom. That's true. And Velasquez has been. I mean, he's still been injury ridden. He left in the first inning, hurt his 
apparently couldn't feel his middle finger. It was very numb, is what he told uh told the the uh, training staff. Left after an inning after he let up a bomb. Mets ended up having four homers, and uh, kind of the rest was history. Degrom, like you said, he uh, he's still great. It's unfortunate how the uh, like Stevie G said when we had when we spoke with him last month. You know all the injuries and where they are sitting, but you hey, know uh, I knew, on I the knew. Phil's side, it's been been interesting since the All Star break. I'll tell you, I knew we were going to talk about the Phillies, so I did some homework. Oh, all right. So first things first, we'll talk about tonight's game. I'm not sure if you watched the Thursday night game. I saw I saw pieces. Yeah, this I had my game, own uh, my own routing to have to handle in, in intramural softball. We won't get into that. Routed the other team. No, we got routed. It was mm-hmm. tough. My hitting streak stays alive though. But team first. You would. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> uh, beer league softball, and you're keeping stats, and you're you're keeping hit streaks. <laughs> no, it's I'm not keeping the hit streaks. I've never not hit in a game. Knock on wood. It's hard to it's hard to not keep track. It's hard to keep track or to not keep track when you're uh, you've never not gotten a hit in a game. It's mess. Again, knock on wood. It's mess. It's or it's a. A beer league softball. Of course, you're gonna get a hit. It's slow pitch. Anyways, oh my god! You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Oh, Some of the people that, that play in our league. Yeah, you played baseball though. That's true. You're an athlete. And an athlete. Question. Oh god. I really want to continue on this softball talk. I have so many questions, and I'm only gonna ask one. I'm only, I'm only gonna ask one. Since uh, since I for the sake of time, we could have another pod on this <laughs> special special rattle. Oh my god, I can't even be- I can't even begin to figure out which question I want to ask. Uh, <laughs> let me think, think about it. Give your give your take on the Phillies, and then they come back around. All right, for tonight's game, Rise Hoskin, Major League debut. How'd he do? He uh, he, I mean, I he did okay. Is it Reese? I think it's I've always said rise. Um, yeah, but he played left field. Interesting little uh, little way that they, they designed the lineup. Tommy Joseph still at first. Uh, they're still trying to figure out what to do, and and because of a powerless trade deadline, they weren't really able to do anything with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he played left field and and batted seventh, did okay. Um, and I'm pulling up the stats now. He. Uh, did I stump the G-Man? Yeah, I need the. Uh, didn't know we were gonna go dive right into the game, but he uh, he went zero for two with a walk, so at least he uh, he has the uh, OBP up on the board. No hit yet. Still hasn't got his first hit. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, no, you know, no. you can at least say that. I I got struck out by Jacob Degrom. Maybe he gets a T-shirt. No, listen, he was killing it. Twenty-nine homers down in major in the minor leagues. Yeah, he. He and um Nick and not Nick Cousins, um that's a hockey player. Um and uh, Dylan Cousins were killing the ball. They were the new Bash brothers. Yeah, you had mentioned them a couple times, so I'm yeah I'm uh, impressed with that. There. My other question that I wanted to talk about is uh, Abdullah Herrera, two triples. El Torito, two triples in one 
was it back to back uh back to back at bats yeah it was yeah he um he's had a great comeback since really july 1st he's done pretty well he still isn't the the el torito of old he's moved back to third though in the lineup this is the more traditional phillies lineup that we were hoping to see hernandez Baden first galvis second fourth um franco still struggling this year but herrero took his took his batting average in about a month and a half from like 235 to 283 and he's hit a lot of extra base hits he's done pretty well he's he's close to a 500 slugging percentage at this point wow yeah 464 is uh after tonight so um were you happy that the Phillies didn't do anything at the deadline, or were you upset? Well, it's not that they didn't do anything. They made some interesting moves. They got rid of Jeremy Hellickson to the Orioles of all teams. Um, then Howie Kendrick went to the Nationals. They sent Joaquin Benoit out to uh, to Pittsburgh for for prospect. They did move uh, our boy, your your favorite pitching arm motion, Pat Neshack, off to the Rockies. And they got a couple prospects for that. I was pretty happy with that. But other than that, you know, Matt and I got into it into it a little bit. There wasn't, in terms of batters, there weren't really a ton of moves you could make. So getting rid of some and some of the older players, for one, skewed the like, age. I meant more of when I, sorry when I said didn't did do anything. I meant more of like they didn't go out and. I feel like they just got depth down down in the minors i don't think they yeah. went out and like got some top prospects no i mean the one thing is who are you going to send for it you can't you know you could send franco and you're probably going to get 80 cents on the dollar he's batting 282 or two not 282 228 after tonight it went going one for three so his average went up tonight i mean there was talks that maybe they were going to send him there was a rumor for like a day that Odubel Herrera could be sent and nobody wanted that to happen. He's one of the fan favorites out here. Um, yeah, but your, 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 your worry or criticism is, is not wrong that you could have gone out and maybe gotten something, but who knows? I mean, you don't want to send out Cesar Hernandez cause he's doing pretty well. And especially since he got back from the DL, Freddie Galvis is somebody that you maybe be, might be able to send off because of an injury. So there wasn't a ton you could do. Um, maybe in the offseason if somebody finds some value. Because really a lot of those guys that you could have had as great trade bait have not done so well this year. And that includes the pitching. And Vince Velasquez is a – I mean, he's been injured, but this is a perfect example of that. He was a guy that was, you know, sent – or, you know, had his day or his uh, year shortened last year because of injury and had a lot of expectations and, and really hasn't lived up to him this year. No, and, and you're not wrong, and, and it's one of those things where the Phillies are caught in this place where it's not like their farm system's loaded, like the Rays and the Royals. It's not like... Well, they they're have, still great. They're number four by Baseball America. Yeah, but that's because number they four. have so many young guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good point. There's A lot of their guys aren't coming up until 2019. If they yeah, if they were that good, they would be in the majors now for the September call-ups or even now because their team is awful. Like, you know, why not give these kids a shot? Um, so for me, well, I think 
they're caught in this place where I think, you know, there's no, it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight. And you think about the Phillies teams that went to the World Series or had, had, you know, um, some deep runs. Those are the teams that had some big names. They went out and spent some money. They were the teams that, you know, went out and, and had the offense, had the big bat, had the, had the starting pitching. You know, Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay, you know, they went out and got these guys. Well, so it's interesting that you bring up spending because the Phillies really don't have any money on the on their roster right now. They have a lot of money that they can spend, and they haven't really yet. And it's – I don't know if they're waiting to try to see if they can somehow throw themselves into the Mike Trout – or not Mike Trout, the Bryce Harper sweepstakes because he doesn't – somehow doesn't mind the Phillies fans. He hates Mets fans and Braves fans more than he hates Philadelphia. So good for us. I guess it's also because he hits like 350 at Citizens Bank Park. Um, so that's always nice. Everyone you don't give a shit. About, everyone keeps talking about Bryce Harper leaving. Does he want out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's the Nationals probably don't have as much money to spend as you know. The teams that are thrown out there are the largest city in the world, the second or the third largest city in America, and the fifth largest city in America. In other words, very large markets. They can easily recoup any money that they spend on a player. Washington D.C. not so big. So that's, I mean, people are just trying to use economics to explain that. Whether or not he wants to leave, there's the, you know, the jokes that have been thrown around about Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant, high school buddies, being all excited to see each other at Wrigley. He's, he's going to keep those cards to his chest. If he wants to, you know, if they don't make any sort of serious run, the Nationals in the playoffs, maybe he does what Kevin Durant did and he just goes goes to one of the best teams and wins himself a World Series. But who knows? I mean, we have another year of him in Washington, and the rumors will be flying. That's my that was my big question: is Do you think that he? Oh, so he's got two years left in his contract? Yeah, he has one more year. He re he re upped it, and he like he's getting paid more money next year. Oh. Um, but it's the end of 2018 is when he's a free agent. Jeez! Oh my god! That's why this is such a weird conversation to be having too. So so, why is it all over the place? Anyways, let's let uh, yeah. one last thing it's is a question to be brought. Yeah, it's something to be brought up at another time. Do you think that he? Do you think that he? Um, like, do you think he's about one hundred percent making money in his brand, or do you think he's about winning a World Series? I gotta think he's about winning a World Series. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that. I mean, he certainly likes looking good. He loves the hair. He does the hair flip, the the infamous hair flip from the All-Star game. But he's also like, he, he has that competitive attitude to him that it's hard to believe that they they wouldn't want to win a World Series and put that, that above anything else. I can see him shaving his head and going to become a Yankee. Hasn't that always been the knock on him, though? Wasn't that why him and Papelbon got in a little little fight? Was because Papelbon was like, this guy strikes out he doesn't care this guy you know ground and play doesn't care wasn't that like the whole thing i think that was a little bit i think it was the strikeouts but it's it's interesting that you actually bring that up because it's something that's been pointed out by a lot of different baseball writers of that were at this apex where and 
we haven't even mentioned the the Aaron Judge slump, um, but that these guys don't care if they strike out anymore because it's becoming to this apex point that is the reason why the the independent of of defense ERA exists. That there's only really three things that that at the you know its core for baseball that can happen. There's a strikeout or there's a hit. It's, you know, really, if you're you're inefficient by getting a ground out, you should be getting a strikeout. But that's the same thing with these guys. You either get a home run or you strike you strike out trying, and they don't really care because they can just get home runs. They can hit these power balls, and they don't need to play as it's kind of the, like the, um, uh, you know, that's an old reference, so I won't make it. But um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's an interesting point that these guys that's what they want. They want home runs. They want to try to win the game, but. I think though that that Bryce has probably learned from that. That that was almost two years ago, actually. Now that uh, that we think about it, the the Papelbon chokeout. But you think he's done a better job of hiding it, or you think he's actually changed his way? Anyways, yeah, it's an interesting part. That's a that's a deeper conversation. I think we could have it another time. But let's uh, it, let's get into segments here. Yeah, let's move to some segments. Right, want to start a uh, fan favorite, or do you want to go Little League World Series? All you all you all you listeners out there. I'm sorry. We're sorry for the tangent. I don't want to speak for Jordy, but we're sorry that we went on that tangent. Uh, yeah. And we apologize. We're going to bring it in the next segments. Let's amp it up, Jordy. Let's go. Woo. Let's go. Let's <laughs> get it right into it. Let's go Little League World Series. I'm so pumped. All right. Let's do Little League World Series. I'm pumped for this, actually. I've been there. Do you want to start at the game that was just on, or do you want to go Georgia Kid? I've been there twice. Uh, it's an unbelievable atmosphere. I watch it. been watching it, obviously, just like everyone else for years. I've, I've gone to it twice um, with my cousins. I wasn't just a creepy old person going to it. Um, there was there were little kids. <laughs> that was even worse. <laughs> I went with my cousin who was age appropriate. So, um, <laughs> Jesus, Greg. I know. Good Lord. Anyways, uh, age appropriate for the little league. Me World shit for that a couple weeks ago, man. Age appropriate for the little league world series. All right. Jeez. Come on. Um, all right, all right. so anyways, the point is that I, uh, it's a great, awesome experience. So yeah, a couple stories. I know, Things are starting to leak out now, but with with social media and all this stuff, like now the game's being televised. Whether these teams make the Little League World Series or not, they can still have these like fifteen seconds of fame moments. Like you got that huge kid from Maine or the whatever Boog or whatever. You got the the kid from was that Georgia smashing home runs like four hundred feet over trees and stuff like that. Like over the forest behind the... Yeah, he hit it far enough to be a home run in a major league park, and it, the fence is 200 feet. It, which is absurd, like unbelievable. Like that type of power from a kid that age, um, you know, that's always begged the question of should they move the fence back, but that we don't really want to get into talking about... Uh, <laughs> that sounds like it's an electric conversation, talking about whether uh, Little League should <laughs> consider moving their fences back. That's why we're not talking about it here. We're bringing the fire. I think it's great. I think, yeah, people complain, blah, 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 little kids on TV. It's awesome. Seeing a kid 
seeing the emotion, the raw emotion of a kid, like whether he does well or makes a mistake, it's it's why people come back to it. Yeah, it's definitely something where like, and it kind of comes back to what we talked about before. There's not a ton in August, and these are games that count. You know, so if it's ESPN or ABC having the League World Series versus NBC having third stringers on the Cowboys and Cardinals playing each other. I'm, I'm going to watch a little little league. It's something you don't get to watch all the time. Uh, it's fun when the coaches are mic'd up and they go up on the, the, the mound there and you get to hear what they're saying. Um, and the storylines too, especially the international side, hearing some of the, the, the funny stuff they do, the traditions like the Saudi Arabia team, always uh, bleaching their hair uh, yeah. and whatnot. And those, those kind of things They're they're all, they're all fun to see. For sure. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's hit him with some segments. All right, so the fan favorite, Greg, Stadium Snacks. We're going to do a little Stadium Snacks at Jason. I have a one from the stadium, but I think it goes right into yours at the amusement park stacks, snacks. So still ballpark, stadium park, or ballpark, amusement park. Well, let's, let's get into it. I have... At Guaranteed Rate Field, which hell of a name, Greg. Hell of a name for a stadium. It's the Chicago White Sox. The Choco Kebab. Ooh, that's... Okay, first thoughts without without having any idea what it is. All right, I'm just going to tell you what I think it is, and then why don't you give us what it actually is, right? So when I hear the name Choco Kebab, here's what I think. I think a chocolate shish kebab with, like, fruit and other types of chocolate sweet goodness something and it's a, i'm thinking it's a dessert type kebab although that doesn't make sense kebab is definitely dinner nope i'm sticking to it dessert type i'm going with my initial reaction dessert type kebab fruit chocolate candy let's go and so it's interesting that it's called a kebab because it's basically in the style of a gyro or a gyro for uh our European friends out there. And you've ever seen the gyro machine, how it's a slab of beef or of chicken or of lamb that just spins and you shave it off. Yeah. So this is what that is. Oh, it's a giant slab of chocolate. Shave it off. They put it in. It looks like almost a crepe. I don't have a very good description of it. I just have a video, but it looks like a crepe, a little, uh, Little whipped cream, maybe a little fruit. I'm not, I'm not sure. There's not really a ton on uh, this twi- Twitter video that's on uh, this article. But looks pretty damn good. And uh, an interesting so way just, to... It's just, a ch- it's just a piece of shaved down chocolate inside of like a crepe or a burrito. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, the, the description of it is, yes, it's a spinning spit of shavable chocolate. Get yourself a weird dessert gyro this year at Chicago White Sox home games. Totally unnecessary. Not necessarily disgusting. I don't need to know if you need that last sentence. I mean, it sounds pretty good to me. I love chocolate. Uh, but, you know, that's uh, it's, it's definitely unique, and it's something that uh, it's – it's good for everybody. Everybody, I feel like it appeals to a lot of to a lot of different bases. Well, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not to run afraid, but if if I'm like you think about a, a a peanut butter and Nutella, the closest thing I can think of, a Nutella, or even just Nutella with bread. You know, the old the old college staples. Uh, I don't Still think I would staples. Ever, I don't think I'd ever want just like 
a Hershey's chocolate spread on bread. Oh man, you're not living. That's just, I mean, I've had my fair share of Nutella, but I don't know if I, 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 I don't know. Anyways, I, I don't think it's, I don't, I definitely don't think it's gross, but the idea of just straight chocolate on bread without anything else mixed in, although you mentioned the whipped cream or the whatever. Yeah, there's a little bit to mix in. You know, it's not just chocolate. You know, let's, let's I not. Get on board. I can get on board. I could get on board. I could try it. Um, I can get on board. Believe in, look to the to the spit, look to the the black and white uh, gyro. Damn it, I fucked up that Seinfeld quote. Um, are we? Are, are I wanted to say look to the cookie, but where, um, where, where can where can the fans find? Where can the listeners find this uh, this week's stadium snack? Greg, you clearly weren't listening when I uh, introed it at Guaranteed Rate Field at the oh. Chicago White Sox home games. I thought you were going to. You clearly didn't understand what I was saying. I thought you were going to repost it via Twitter and Instagram on the Thunder BLG on Instagram and Thunder Blog on Twitter. Reversing uh, them. Reversing them, Greg. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. But, uh, yeah, so they'll be on the social media and the, the Thunder Blog post to accompany this. Thank you, Greg, for the, for the sweet plug there. You're so, you're so kind. Listen, I try, to give, I try to give the blog some plug. I don't think you get a lot of. I think we get a lot. I, we get a lot of listeners to the pod. I think we need to uh, increase the clicks to your website specifically. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, yeah, we can we can get the uh, the bit you know, the old uh, the old click count up. Um, the it sounded weird, but let's get to your snack. What do you got for me? Um. So I know what you're looking for. And what am I looking for? I was traveling this weekend. My brother, who shall remain nameless, turned 30. Uh, and as a 30-year-old man-child, he wanted to go to Harry Potter World in Orlando. Child. <laughs> Harry Potter World in Orlando for his 30th birthday. It's so a as pretty the, awesome trip. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Harry Potter World. Yeah, that's pretty great. awesome. Harry Potter World's great. Uh, you know... There's a ride inside of Hogwarts, the castle, and the ride itself was pretty cool. And it's one of the like jerks you back and forth, and you definitely get, you know, CTE whiplash from it. Um, but the coolest part was when you're waiting in line to get to the ride, you're inside, like, you're inside Hogwarts. So, you know, you pass the fat lady who's the, the one who opens the door for Gryffindor Tower, you pass all the, all the different, paintings on the wall actually talk it's not corny stuff they actually you know have some cool things and they interact with you there's the sorting hat that says things there's you know there's cool stuff up and down you pass dumbledore's um little the little phoenix staircase he has or gargoyles whatever it is staircase going up to his office and it's and then you see a video or a hologram of dumbledore even though rest in peace you know, you see him in his office. Spoiler alert. Oh, um, spoiler. Jesus. <laughs> it's awesome. But that's just waiting. That's just waiting for the ride. You know, I think the waiting. Really? Is- whoa, whoa, wait, wait. We haven't started the ride yet? No, that's all just waiting. That's all like you're in line waiting for the ride. Well done, Universal. Well yeah. done. Yeah, that's all just waiting inside for the ride. The ride itself, you know, I, it was the ride itself was like, 
you're chasing Voldemort around on broomsticks and you're fighting battles and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, do you get a Patronus? It's kind of a virtual reality um, ride of sorts, but a lot, it's a lot more going into it. But um, it's one of those things where like there's Dementors and like, yeah, there is Patronus. So yes, you get a Patronus. All right. This is important stuff, Greg. Suck your face. And you know, it's this whole thing. But the point is they, that they kiss, the they kiss best you, Greg. Part, Dementors kiss. The best part about it was no, they they they. Anyways, the best part about it was the the, the weight, the build up, going through the castle. Um, so, anyways, stadium snack, big tangent there. Um, good description. This is a good lead in. I'm I'm feeling excited. To, had to be, had to be the butter beer that they oh. serve. In this in this place, oh man, I've heard great things about the butter beer. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, it's almost like a caramel or butterscotch type of thing, and they have this. Yeah, like, I've always thought it'd be like a butterscotch. Is it is it sudsy? So my understanding was my understanding was there's three different Universal sells three different types. Yeah, one was just a regular. Butter beer, like a, you know, like a non-alcoholic type thing. Yeah. The other one was the frozen one, which was on the best, unbelievable. The frozen butter beer was. Is it like frozen margarita style? Hands down, the best thing. No, there's no alcohol. No, but yeah, it's okay. like that type of like icy type thing. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I thought I, I'm pretty sure I heard someone mention it being beer, but there was actual like alcohol, one alcohol thing. But this one, um, I, I certainly did not have it, but for me, butter beer was and is the stadium snack for me of the week. My biggest gripe with universal in general as a whole, um, is that most of their rides now they have four or five true roller coasters, but most of the rides now are, are the virtual reality ones. So we're like, mm. you're sitting on a couch or whatever, you're, you're like a cart, and the cart itself is like moving side to side and up and down. Um, and then, yeah, but you're not on you're not on rails. Yeah, it's not actually going anywhere, and the screen is just moving in and out and this and that. So like motion sickness to the max. Um, mm. So for me, I was a little disappointed in that. However, Harry Potter world as itself as a whole was un. Believable. That is uh that's pretty awesome. I I uh I'm sure I will check it out at some point. Uh Miss Third and Girl is a huge Harry Potter fan, so expect Greg a little bit of a critique on your Harry Potterness in terms of uh describing the inside of Hogwarts Castle. Listen, um, if I was trying to dumb it down, not dumb it down, that's the wrong word. I was trying to explain things yeah, Harry Potter's anything but dumb. I was trying to explain things to those fans of the show who may not listen to Harry Potter or watch Harry Potter or read Harry Potter. I was trying to explain to the fans the, the ins and outs of the castle as if they've never or known, or they know nothing about Harry Potter. If, all right. All right. Thirding well, girl, fair enough. If Thirding Girl wants to invite me on her pod or blog or whatever she has and have a Harry Potter nerd off, I am more than willing to test my knowledge against hers. Ooh, this uh, we might need to we might need to market this up. Uh, but we um, 
Yeah, we are we're starting to run a little bit out of time. We've uh the the mega the GP megapods are always a pleasure. What time but we, it is what time are we looking at? Uh I don't have the total running time of the pod, but it is now after midnight. It had to be had to well, be uh, anyways. The point is we have a great time. Oh, always a great time to have to have Greg on. Yeah, it's uh we, we, we aren't afraid to push it, push it as deep as possible, uh, in terms of the uh the depth that we go into for our baseball fans out there. And we always appreciate you listening. But Greg, let's look at the week ahead. Uh pretty much as a housekeeping note, I uh as you mentioned, people go away in August. I too am uh taking a little vacation leaving for Michigan on Sunday, and I'll be coming back Wednesday. So probably baseball will be later in the week. I'm going to try to do Game of Thrones uh, at some point next week. I'm not sure when I'm going to be watching it because I'm driving out to Michigan on Sunday, so I'll miss watching the show live. Um, Hopefully I don't get spoiled. But, yeah, um, let's look at the next week for for baseball. Greg, what what series are you looking at this weekend? And, And... we already talked about the Red Sox Yankees, so let's let's look at two other two other series that everybody should be watching out for. You're handcuffing me here. No, if you want to go Red Sox Yankees? And nope, 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 nope. Um, big series, I think, is Chicago and Arizona. Okay, the Cubs—they're on the road. They need to sort of uh, get out of this little. Yeah, you know, they're playing 500 ball right now. I think they need to start to step things up with their race. And Arizona obviously is trying to hang on to that wild card spot. Um, so that's one thing that I would look out for this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. another, another matchup that I like, or not like, but another one that I think can be intriguing is a ba- battle of the basement dwellers, the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies. Always good to see those two together. Oh, yeah. I'm going on Saturday, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, one of my buddies from uh, from work has some of his friends from Long Island coming down, uh, and a couple other guys we used to work with uh, at our former employer are going to come meet us. We're going to tailgate Saturday, and uh, it's always a good time. Uh, it's interesting with the Mets, even when both teams are good, the Mets, because it's just cheaper to drive down to Philadelphia and go to the game here than it is to – really do anything in New York city, not a shot at New York. It's just very expensive. Um, you know, so it's, it's always an interesting split of Mets fans to Phillies fans. It's like when the Red Sox go anywhere, uh, the Red Sox nation comes out in full. Well, New York does the same thing in Philadelphia. They, uh, take up a lot of the market share of, uh, the seats. So what is your, I love it. Um, I hate New York, but I love the fact that the rivalry is still alive. What is your series? Oh, easily. This weekend. Yeah, mine uh, mine actually is going to be the Indians and the Rays. Yep. Indians are a team that need to turn it around a little bit. The Rays are a team that are hanging in there. I knew you were going there. That's why I didn't bring it up. Yeah. And (laughs) I really like the Friday pitching matchup. Carlos Carrasca versus Jacob Faria. Great job. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly intriguing. Looking at the rest of the series, you have Mike Clevinger versus Chris Archer. And I don't have Sunday because ESPN's stupid that way in terms of their uh, calendar. But, you know, I mean, great starting pitching, young starting pitching in Tampa Bay. They always seem to to be able to do this. But it's something that, that can either 
make or break Tampa Bay's season. I mean, if you get Kluber swept. Kluber versus Pruitt. Oh, that's even better. Um, thank you for that. But, um, yeah, it's something that, that Tampa Bay, we talked about the Mariners coming back into it. The Angels are hanging around right there um, who are beating the Mariners right now in the seventh inning. And and who knows, you know, how how this wild card race is going to shake out. Tampa Bay, I, I still am not too confident on, but if they can take advantage of a, of a slow-moving Cleveland team, that's going to uh, make a big difference. And into the week, I love it. I love it. I think that is a great matchup to watch in the AL. Or the AL. Um, and coming up into the, into the week, the rest of the week, um, I think the Subway Series that that uh, that gets going next week, uh, yeah. Mets-Yankees is going to be huge. Or not huge. How about the Tuesday matchup? Sonny Gray versus Jacob deGrom. I love it. Um, another one is that I'm looking out for is Arizona again versus Houston. Ooh, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, I mean, potential or two two potential playoff teams, and you never know what can happen. But um, Jordy, great pod, you're awesome. Absolutely, you're the best. Awesome. Give us give us where we can find this this not only the blog itself, but the the great social media that you've ramped up. Um, recently, where can we find it? Yeah, so thunderblogsports.com. That's our presenting website. Uh, that's where you can find writings by me every once in a while by Matty D when he's not too lazy. He uh, celebrated National Lazy Day very well today, Greg. I'll uh, I'll put it that way. But on social media, you can find us on Twitter, thunderblg. Thunderblog Sports is the Instagram. It's also where you can find us on Facebook. Um, but you know, really check out the site and let us know what you think. Anything you think we missed, anything you want to see on here, uh, any questions, comments, concerns that you have, you can leave it right here on the YouTube page or right on the website itself. Go like us on, or go subscribe to us on iTunes, like us on YouTube, Instagram, all that good jazz. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to do it for Greg. Any other thoughts? No, I mean, it's uh, the only thing that I can think of that, that I need is a Thunderblog bumper sticker or a hat. Yeah, some swag. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're working on updating the logo with a buddy of mine who used to work for Victory Brewing. We, uh, we give them a lot of plugs during the beer corner. Uh, but uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for a few updates there. Throw it out to the throw it out to the crowd. See what they got. See what the audience. Thinks. Yeah, if you if you have if you want to uh, try to undercut my my buddy, um, you know, send us send us any thoughts that you have there. You know, we uh would love to love to partner up with a few people. Love it. All right, <laughs> I'm in. I love it. Uh, great job, Jordy. Great pod. Love the podcast. Um, even when I'm not on it, you guys do a great job. Maddie D knows his stuff, and Third and Girl certainly knows her stuff. Um, I love your recaps of Game of Thrones, which has turned into just recapping the episode, um, as well as your opinions. And third, oh, and a little uh, conspiracy theories as well. I put the tin yeah, hat on. You're right. There are there are some things in there that uh, I I often am like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So. Um, that is doing I'm well. Here for doing good as well. The only thing that I have a problem with is the fact that the 
The bullpen cart has taken a back seat to the Thrones pod. Uh, not necessarily a back seat. It's August has been a weird month for me in terms of uh, of timing and travel. Sounds I was like, uh, at a at a training this week. That's why baseball's coming on Thursday. Like I a, probably would have come on Monday or Tuesday, but I was in uh, New Jersey with zero service, so that uh, was a little rough. Listen, sounds like an excuse. Um, yeah, you know. Ooh. I'm a big but hey. I, listen, I listen to whatever episode comes out, regardless of baseball or Thrones or what have you. So, um, As a quick uh, bonus look ahead to the viewers, Greg, I'm going to challenge you. Pick a conference for college football, and we'll, uh, we'll do a little special fun V tailgate for it. I don't, know, I don't know what that means, but I'm obviously going to pick the ACC because of Syracuse. That's what I figure, but I'm giving you first pick because Matt's lazy. Um, so you get the ACC, and that's going to be our – it was my college football series on the blog last year, and that's going to be the podcast for it within this feed. But I love, You know, I love college football. You know who's a great college football person to talk who? to? Stevie G knows everything about college football. Yes. Oh, if we do an ACC, oh, Greg, let's uh, we'll we'll leave that. Another megapod with him would be fantastic. But that's going to do it for us. Thanks again, everybody. Greg, really appreciate you coming on as always. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks again.